0: It's another day, and we're recording another highs and lows episode for our beloved movie-sponsored series. That's
1: right, highs and lows. If you, if y'all help us sell out another one of these, because we've had so many sellouts, but we just had to get to a certain point. If you help us sell out one more of these this season, then um everyone will get into heaven
0: yeah yeah everyone <laughs> it's a slow one today it's fourth it's of july it's the morning i'm tired yep. me too so we uh this is gonna be the highs are gonna be pretty low this morning but we're gonna
1: and the lows are gonna be exactly what you expect i'm a sleepy boy but we are very excited Despite how tired we are right now, um, this one's exciting. One, because it's probably some of the best work we've ever done as far as putting movies together. Yes. Um, And it took us months and months and months, literally months, uh, to come up with this. (laughs) Which was great, though. It was fun. We truly, we talked about it a little bit on a different episode, but we truly, really pushed each other (laughs) on this one. Did
0: we push each other on this one that hard?
1: Yeah. No, yeah. remember we there were there were multiple times that both of us suggested maybe we should just call it and give up on, on. Uh, oh wait, no, I started talking about next month. Yeah, I feel, yeah, that's uh, how tired like, we are.
0: Okay, all right. So we're tired, people. We'll just completely wow. forgot the pairing we're talking about. This one's good too. I was like, I don't believe this one took that long to come up
1: with.
0: <laughs> oh boy, I'm not cutting that. No, out, that's, how,
1: that's how good my brain is too, because this morning I uh, rewatched US Go Home and then followed it with Wild <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> Woo. Strike everything you just heard from the record this one we just knew we had to show Can't Hardly Wait um, truly because it's one of the best of the era of this kind of movie and and all jokes aside this one does deserve some accolades I would say um,
0: yeah I think it
1: deserves amongst you. this sorts of shit <laughs> yeah I mean it's one
0: of those uh, mini films that got greenlit after the success of Scream and teen oriented movies were back and i think this is the same year as american pie but it came out before american pie am i correct i
1: think so uh um, yeah. fact check you while you talk
0: yeah so i mean this movie is like notable for many th- reasons one is because it really is i think a very sweet sweet film that has aged better than most of the uh the teen party sex comedy movies and maybe that's partially due to this being pg-13 but apparently it was shot for an r rating and they cut it to make a pg-13 movie out of it which is fine with me because i think the final product is is pretty fun and Obviously, a huge, huge uh, source of nostalgia for me watching this movie. I mean, this was like, I'm like you, I know, like, we, this was, this was frequently rented by me. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you, so this is actually a year before, just shy of exactly a year before American Pie. So this comes out in the summer of 98. American Pie comes out just a little more than exactly a year later in 99 in july that's right it was 99 yep that's right. but as you were talking about i think it's a good thing to hone in on with this one we'll yeah. probably never know what that original version was like which i would love to see an R-rated cut of this because i'm curious but this one smells to me a little bit like a similar case to dumb and dumber where when we did finally get to see what their original goal was thank god for once that a producer was like actually let's pull this back and lean in on the sweetness <laughs> <laughs> oh, i boy, think yeah. Hardly well, it's probably similar because they're just like dumb and dumber there are little hints of you know things potentially could be darker um, right uh, but keeping them as hints makes it so much stronger because it's you know makes it feel more real and lived in you know cuz life's hard but also doesn't we're not yet to what american pie would help start which is the the you know the hateful direction comedy would take that would get us to the hangover eventually
0: <laughs> I, I mean that is so true like i guess that's a great way of putting it like returning to that mean spirited porky's vibe
1: and yeah. this like, is a, a brief moment where you know you can laugh at everybody and laugh at all the different kinds of people and have a great time and all that but at the end of the day it's still a movie that really is celebrating how nice it feels when you find your people
0: <laughs> yeah i i almost wonder if it was less of a dumb and dumber situation because i could almost see like it not being hard enough for an r rating like the original cut but like that's there's true. probably like pot smoking and like a lot more drinking and puking scene or you know what i mean like there was, well, prob- there was
1: probably just some nudity there was probably yeah someone they hired to do so there could be a nude scene
0: there could be like a titty flash when love burgers yeah,
1: coming. yeah. it was probably like the flash in final destination 2 because I remember when that came because I was on to see it in theaters when it came on DVD. We were so excited because it listed nudity under the R rating. <laughs> yeah. And so we were so pumped. And then it's just that like quick second on the motorcycle. And we were so bummed. Maybe that's what Cameron <laughs> was
0: like. I have to think because like, I feel like this movie, uh, these directors, Deborah Kaplan and Harry Alphonse, just, it seems like they didn't have a, a gross out, mean take that's true i mean but maybe they did i mean they are that's the weird thing about these two I, there's only two movies they directed but the other movie they directed i haven't seen in a long time but i remember Josie and the pussycats having a strangely subversive bent to it with yeah. all the like product placement which apparently was not actually yeah. done by the companies
1: it's amazing
0: I'm going to rewatch it, but ahead of our, our screening, maybe we'll talk about it a little on
1: stage, but you know, that's a good good thing to bring up with it, honestly. Cause there, and that makes sense. It's why these two, because this movie just like Josie is much smarter and more grounded than it needed to be. You know, I don't think the box office would have been affected that much necessarily if it were just more of a, a throwaway.
0: Absolutely. And it's yeah. budget. So its budget was around 10 to 13 million. This was released, yeah, June 12th. So it's a summer movie. Uh obviously. It's opening weekend grossed about 8 million, and its total domestic gross ended up being double its production budget, around 26 million. So my guess is along with Scream, you know, these were like the two movies that were like, okay, we're gonna explode the entire teen horror comedy genre across because general Hewitt it would go to i know what you did last summer which is probably the great extension of scream and this like it was like the success of
1: those gave us yeah. i
0: know what yeah. you did last summer Except
1: so then the jokes department took the day off yeah <laughs> i know you did last summer i love that movie but Man, it's not funny. <laughs> no, it's not funny at all. I
0: mean, <laughs> when it tries
1: to be, like, oh, it's it's great though. I enjoy. See, that's the
0: part. These are the things where it's like, I love. So we recently rewatched Scary Movie, and it's like, these are the things that I like about Scary Movie is when it's like deliberately making fun of. I know what you did last summer because it's like yeah. rewatching that movie. It's like there's no need to make fun of Scream because the movie is so self aware. It's kind of shocking like why you would even need to spoof scream
1: well it's 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 truly like a snake eating its tail yeah but this is like that snake's baby who was like born eating a tail and it's like (laughs) well i guess i'll just keep doing this
0: I mean, it's funny even when it does it, but it's just kind of like the scenes that rock are the ones where they're like making fun of, you know, where Anna Ferris is getting punched. Like, don't say
1: anything. Well, um, that, I gotta say, you know, I'm not, I, I won't pretend its intentions were this because uh, that movie, you know, it's no, it's, it's talked about much. It's aggressive homophobia, but I gotta say, especially... <laughs> The way it's a it's the way all in the way in delivery, but the way it's delivered, it comes across as the character who's the most homophobic, really just is in love with one of his buds and just wants a hug and a nice gay wedding. And so the the jokes, well, yes, they're pretty rough, especially when you get to the dicks through the cheek uh culmination, <laughs> they're pretty rough, but I don't know, it's not a it's not as you know it's not as hateful as something like the hangover, I gotta say. There's more to oh, no. it. No more to no. it. Cause that's just like
0: dumb comedy. That's like yeah. there's nothing else to say. yeah. I mean, the hangover is a a nasty, nasty movie.
1: Well, hangover is what happens when you get a bunch of people together who don't have any jokes, and we're like, dude, do you remember how funny it was when we used to beat up the gay kid in school? Yeah, a little, yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's what that movie feels like. Is watching jocks beat up the gay kid with a budget.
0: <laughs> I hate that movie. I will probably never revisit the Hangover movies.
1: I did. I did the first one relatively recently, um, thinking that I would also find more to it. Kind of like I did with Scary Movie. Not the case. <laughs> no. I think, our, I think our guest Molly nailed it. When she was talking about Bradley Cooper just desperately trying to make up for that movie, playing a role so antithetical to his soul. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Since then, I think is true, but anyway, can't hardly wait. So yeah, Yeah. this this movie's a behemoth. Does really well. It stars everyone that literally
0: everybody who was Uh, a huge '90s teen star.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we got, I got—I mean, I guess we had to start at the beginning. The I when when I saw this movie as a kid, it was because of a tape, you know, one of my cousins gave to me. Um, I did—I certainly did not know who the replacements were at the time, but they told me when they gave me this movie that it was named after a replacement song, and so I pretended to be a huge replacements head of <laughs> in that moment. And I was like, oh yeah, that's one of my favorite songs of theirs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so funny to be a kid pretending to be a replacements fan
1: yeah well it was weird because it was just whatever my like older cousins liked so it would <laughs> yeah weird yeah. weird.
0: yeah i'm just i'm mostly listening to you i'm also looking up uh ethan Embry's, my buddy he came,
1: he came to box of horrors
0: That's right. I remember you saying something
1: like that. Yeah, he's great. Quick Ethan story. And you can tell that's why he's such a good actor, because he's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We bonded very instantly because I was wearing a gummo shirt, and he got so excited. And so we talked about those movies. And then he immediately just starts telling me. (laughs) He was like, dude, that was me and my buddy's favorite movie to watch when we still did Crystal and i was like oh okay shit and he just started telling me all these crazy drug stories and then we're building up to the movie um and i'm on the, like on stage introducing him talking about satan and stuff and then i just feel someone behind me and it's him just standing behind me like making fun of me and then he just starts screaming satan <laughs> and then he told wow. the and then he told the audience he was like wait you guys do this for 24 hours I've never done that without help and then proceeded to tell more stories about when he used to do crystal but he was a peach.
0: Okay. A peach. Well, that sounds like a very different depiction of what I would imagine that guy is like,
1: right? No, he's, a, but he's just the softest still. Like he oh. wants, he likes hugs. He's a sweetheart, but he loves to share his much like me. He loves to talk about the small town he was from. <sighs>
0: <laughs> wait whoa he was he had a bit role in defending your life yeah where
1: oh I don't remember
0: okay well I gotta rewatch that again um yeah it's interesting 95 was a real year for him where he started Empire Records
1: mm-hmm.
0: where he was still credited as under a different name Ethan Randall and then immediately gets like Wow he gets yeah he's in White Squall the extremely forgotten Ridley Scott movie <laughs> and uh that thing you do as a TV player aka the bass player and then wow. he plays Rusty Griswold Vegas vacation
1: and it's, and it's all over from there
0: yeah and then it yeah it really does kind of like start a downward slide
1: but i mean it's crazy like it speaks to how good he is and how much a lot of us connected to him is that almost anyone who either grew up in that time or cares about movies from this time knows ethan Embry by name but then you look at his cv and there's not really that many movies right especially that a lot of people saw but every time he was there he made quite an impression
0: yeah no he's a he's a definitely a presence of that era especially those that specific you know, 96 to 98. I feel like I saw him in so much. But um, yeah, he rocks in this movie. He's he's really good. And then who else we got? Well, we got obviously Jennifer Love Hewitt as the so sexy Amanda Beckett. Though I have to say, I have to give it more, like when I had crushes as a kid in this movie, I think I crushed more. Well, I definitely crushed hard on the Asian girl that's like. I will fuck the first guy that comes around me. I remember <laughs> like seeing that movie. I remember that movie and I was like, ah, how do I get in the movie? <laughs> I need to I will peer around a corner and just be like, Hello.
1: <laughs> I will be that first guy.
0: <laughs> but um more uh Jamie Presley.
1: Yeah. It was Jamie that's and so Lauren fun. Ambrose. Lauren Ambrose for me, dude.
0: Yeah, that's the goth pick. That's like she the like, oh, so, uh, what a babe! She's a babe, and I do remember thinking like, yeah, it would have been nice to get locked in that bathroom.
1: <laughs> but it's really—I think we can agree though—the true, the true hero, it's the one that Ethan Embry's the only one who can handle a scene with, and that's oh. our queen, Jenna Elfman,
0: uncredited too.
1: That's right, because you got to be surprised, so it really hits you.
0: Oh, <laughs> God, Jenna Elfman in that little angel outfit. Yeah, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah. <laughs> Ooh, uh, and we still we still also there. Uh, there it truly we could just do 10 hours talking about everyone in this because i mean claire duvall who's in every 90s movie that matters oh. jason siegel as always so memorable that scene by the way has to be there has to be an extended version of that that was in the r-rated one because clearly what jason siegel's character is doing is talking about with his friend that eating pussy is like eating watermelon because if you watch that scene what he's doing and how he's holding it i'm telling you put it in put it in your head Whoa! Yeah, no, because the way he's holding that piece of watermelon and keeps licking it—no, <laughs> definitely that scene for sure was one that was longer.
0: Okay, I will keep an eye out for that on this next yeah. uh, rewatch. But yes, no, he's uh, he makes a small appearance in it. Yeah, you mentioned Clea DuVall, who's yeah, so like in you cannot remove her from that era of the, these movies, and, re- and
1: you wouldn't want to.
0: No, yeah, you wouldn't want to. Of course. <laughs> um you get selma blair in there for just a, uh.
1: a, a, a tight moment
0: um my favorite chris owen the uh oh. club maniac who steals everything
1: that is one of the greatest gags in in i mean not just 90s like that that to me also shit like that clearly highlights that these people are comedy fans and I mean like old all the way back comedy fans like they like actual gags and all different kinds and having him with no one acknowledging it throughout the movie in the background like escalating up to stealing <laughs> different shit <Yeah. laughs> <It's amazing. laughs>
0: um let's see Seth Green also I mean what can you say about that? I mean he's iconic as the uh well I can't say what he is. I guess that word's not allowed. Well, they say I might say is, it just so I can beep it, but then they know what I said, and it's not right. as
1: Well, one of his friends says the real word in the movie, and that's also a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. I about that. That's right. Again, just like how <laughs> how big this movie's heart is, because they figured out a way to do that moment too that is actually really sweet. You know, like the the dudes yeah. get there for saying it, but Even the way he says it, like, it's just so, uh, it's the rare, like that kind of boy who so badly, uh, wanted to fancy himself a black rapper Uh finally, (laughs) finally does the moment where he says the N word in front of people. (laughs)
0: It's amazing. (laughs) That seems hilarious. Yep. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, who else we got? We got, oh, we got the kid from, uh, Dick Tracy. Yes. Yeah, that's right.
1: As a nerd. uh nerd and Melissa Joan Hart.
0: Yes, I mean, is exactly Hart. The,
1: the perfect amount of <laughs> sweet Melissa that we need. Uh, the perfect
0: amount of Melissa Joan Hart in that movie. She's great.
1: And uh, then we, have, we put it in the trailer. The sweet thing, Donald Faison and uh, what's his name, Breckin Meyer. Breckin Meyer, yeah, are so good together. uh and they're sweet. Yeah, they're sweet little moment. Yeah, that's a nice moment. It's funny. Yeah, as Love Burger. (laughs) Oh, and they fight about if you're supposed to wear your own band shirt at your band's first show, which is awesome. (laughs) That's a great... great Uh,
0: uh, Let's see. um, Oh, there's the... Yeah, Jan Brady's in it. Yep. (laughs) What's her name?
1: Uh, I never remember her name.
0: I wrote it down that jan Bra- i was like jan brady <laughs> um okay it doesn't matter um do you have uh there's a lot of people from buffy in this thing too
1: yeah sarah ru she was a big crush
0: yep amber benson yep um jerry o'connell <laughs> as the uh um, the grad uh
1: He's one of those people that when someone uses him right, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> I think he's very funny. He just, you know, ended up in shit like Tomcats for a while and it got really bleak.
0: Oh, you mean Tomcats starring Bill Maher?
1: Yeah. See, it makes perfect sense that Bill Maher was in that. Yeah, okay.
0: it does. Oh, my God. He probably couldn't wait to be in it.
1: Oh, he was like, finally, something refreshing for men. <laughs> <laughs> Have you
0: seen his have you seen Club Random? No. His new podcast where he smokes weed with people and they he's like I remember pulling my dick out as a kid. Like literally not in the way that we like to joke about masturbation, which is fun and wholesome. I
1: I can only assume he's his goal there is to say like Louis CK is good to go because who didn't pull their dick out?
0: Well, Louis C. K should be exonerated after listening to Club Random, like (laughs) Louis okay, Innocent. Bill Maher. Put this guy in jail for just... Swap being, him. <laughs> swap him for being so lame. Uh, yeah, Club Rikers is a good spot for fucking Bill Maher. I mean, oh, God. Not even... See, he was fine with his dumb political opinions, but until you see this show, you will never hate that man. You'll hate him more than when you saw Religious. Oof. It's bad.
1: That it's mo- I remember when that came out. That was a big... Uh time for Will to grow up moment.
0: I liked it too. When I first, I was like, cool. Fuck religion. It
1: was like senior year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. And I was still at church all the time and at church camp and shit. So I was like, this is great. I fucking love this. And I remember when I showed the DVD to someone in college who uh, was already a much wiser human being, they were like, it kind of seems like you just tried to find people uh, to talk them into making themselves sound like idiots instead of having like any real debates with people. And I was like, no, it's, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and because they said they're like, he pulls the Michael Moore where he goes to see fucking Charlton Heston when his dementia is so bad, he can't like turn left anymore. You know, like it's yeah. that kind of shit where he's like, I'm going to make a point off this person who definitely doesn't know I'm even here. Cool.
0: Fuck Bill Maher. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's that's too harsh. I just hope Bill, I don't know.
1: He's I just don't, I just, I don't an know annoying
0: what... little fly. Anyway, yeah. how did we get talking? Uh, oh, Jerry O'Connell. All right, so let's move away from the cast. Um, Jennifer oh, Love Hewitt. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say Jennifer Love Hewitt in 2019 on yeah. something called Everything Iconic Podcast. OK, uh, she says that she is developing a sequel to Can't Hardly Wait with plans to direct it herself, which fuck, yeah,
1: as long as we start in the same
0: diner, I get. Yeah, I mean, like if they can get all these people back in one movie, of course, I would see that it, it'll be terrible. But, you know, I'll I'll be there.
1: Oh, yeah. But who cares? I hope she just beat for beat remakes it. But they're old. Like, it's not even a sequel. It's just, well, yeah, they should just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that
0: would be awesome because, like, the main thing that about this movie that we haven't talked about and we'll kind of uh, wrap up on Can't Hardly Wait is the soundtrack. That is one hell of a soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to list a couple of things. You get, this is literally looking at the CD Third Eye Blind doing graduate, obviously um you also uncredited get uh i don't want to go to london in there Mm -hmm. i was on a big third eye blind cake like a year ago rediscovering that cd and being like damn it's not bad
1: it's Uh, really that's another to bring it back to Embry at the beginning other people who loved crystal meth (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) lift you up until you break um
0: Let's see, you got Smash Mouth, Can't Get Enough of You, Baby. I can't get enough of You, Baby. I am Andrew. <laughs> uh, Damn it, Blink 182.
1: Oh, the first, naturally, the first song my band learned to play before we wrote our own songs. Of,
0: of course. Uh, Fire It Up, Turn It Up, the Buster Rhymes song. Also, that's a, that's a yeah. song. I love that song. And I forgot that Hit 'em with the He by Missy <laughs> Elliott. Lil Kim's in there. Yep. That's so tight. Um, let's see what else we got. Feeder's High. I kind of remember that song. Um uh Sublime's in it, Caress Me
1: Down. That was uh, probably the second song we learned.
0: <laughs> yeah. <he's, he's> probably...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Caress Me Down.
1: Well, we used to when Sorry, we would
0: listen to that we, all day
1: we would play live shows, if people hated us and it was going bad, we would immediately just play an Operation Ivy cover or a Sublime cover because at oh, the you time would play the... it would set the, set the room off, and then you could win everybody back before you finished your set.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> well, we do love Caress Me Down. Oh, oh, eh, Caress
1: Me Down. Oh. I'm in... don't start it. I'll just have to sing the whole thing. <laughs>
0: Well, Rosemary and I made uh, Jamaican pulled pork the other night, so I'm in a real Caribbean mode.
1: (laughs) You finished it and said, "Mm, that's the right kind of love on a Sunday morning. (laughs) 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 Kiss my neck and tickle my fancy.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm the first when we were living over here.
1: That song's so sick. When when we were little, our favorite thing was to... uh, when it is really gross, and he just does the drip. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: the, the one of the only songs I know that sings about pre cum.
0: Which hey, that more people should be talking about pre cum. Wait, here we go. Can you hear it?
1: No, but I can feel it. You don't have to.
0: You can just watch me boogie.
1: <laughs> this will be the first time we have a musical interlude in an episode ever. I'm serious. You got to put it in a whole ass song. It's great because I truly, I can't hear it at all.
0: Oh, I like that something came up on the Zoom, but it was like playing music. Oh, wait, I can set it up in the audio settings to play music. All right, wait, hold on, let's check this out.
1: All right, maybe it's not. (laughs) Just just put it in the episode. I'm more than Ron Jeremy. And if you don't want to get tapped in the knee, just wipe that look off your botty face. <laughs> you hate me because I got what you need. We got to stop. I'm going to get going. Yeah, bro. we can't do
0: that. Rosary's in the other room probably like, I'm going back to bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jamie's like, uh-oh, I'm leaving. If Will's going to have a sublime day.
0: Oh, okay, so what else we have on that? You'll hear the, caress me down, will be at the end of this probably. Um, <laughs> uh, sneaker pimps, 600 grand, oh. Classic. Yes. So there's something called the Umbrellas of Ladywell mix, number two. What the fuck is that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I'll I'll have support, a link to it. I support it, whatever it is.
0: Let's see. Yeah. Six Underground from Sneaker Pimps. I just need a line on the remix. Can I?
1: I mean, it doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. I just, you know,
1: we you, love this. You also, all that matters is Missy and Lil Kim, man. That's the.
0: That does matter a lot. Uh, Soul Coughing, Eve 6. Oh, of course, All Mixed Up, 311. Don't know what to do.
1: (laughs) And also, if you haven't seen this movie in a while, what's fun is, you know, a lot of this era, you would get stellar soundtracks, but then you'd get the CD, right? And you're like, wait, this wasn't in the movie. This movie uses a new song like every 10 seconds. So everything we're saying is in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, my God. I remember this band, The Space
1: Monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. And why zombies in there? Oh, everything. Wow. Everything. But wow. if you, uh, if it's been a while, what better way to come see definitely a sterling 35 millimeter print. Cause no one shows it with this banging soundtrack. So it's going to be, it's going to be a hot night.
0: This is going to be a party. This is going to be just a, just a blast. So, Oh, speaking of which we need to, uh, fuck I, this I got to remember to cut this. Um, We need to talk with. Okay, so, yes, this is all right. The beep, the behind the scenes beep is over with. What were we talking about? We're
1: going to this amazing soundtrack. And what part of what's so amazing with this movie and the way they use music, too, is it feels like that time in your life when one are you can't go two seconds without music right because the world is terrible so you got to keep yourself going and two if you're going to parties and shit or trying to get home or going to you know diners and all of that music really did feel like that where there's another 10 seconds of a song that's the best song you've ever heard every step you took and this movie really captures that and it's so nice you and know? you know what
0: it is it's radio. It, it was God, i sound like yeah. old fucks, but it's like Truly, It was when radio was like, I I listened to the radio all the time. Top 40 all the time. It was always TRL. Yep. You know, these things were just. uh, Music
1: was still good, kids.
0: That's right. Truly, if you're younger and want to know what it was like partying as a young kid, this is. I mean, I know 90 nostalgia is like at a high, but like this is as close to the experience as we're going to get. True.
1: This soundtrack is the, the most well-rounded one, I think, to hit at least a little bit of almost everything.
0: Yeah, we don't care if you all are boogieing in the seats to the 15-second clips of all these songs we mentioned.
1: Yeah, boogie it up.
0: Um yes. Yeah. So anyway, let's hop across the pond to yep. France. To oh,
1: France by over here. And to what is the older I get, more and more probably. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done. Uh, you're good. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah, the older I get, the more this continues to rise in the filmography of Claire Denis. Um not like that. I hate that.
0: Oh okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this movie uh it's still. I'm sure it'll have its day soon enough when it can finally be streamed and shit, or someone can actually release it. But Maybe. it's easy to it's easy to just think, oh shit, there's a Claire Denis movie. Got to see that to be a completist. But turns out, I think this is one of her greatest.
0: Yeah, this isn't like a oh just weird curio yeah. in the filmography. I mean, it
1: not at all. It, it really is
0: one of her best. It's one of the ones I've always you know Claire's one of my top filmmakers of all time. So. If same for you but it's like this is just like amazing I love this movie yeah. to death every frame of this movie and it's uh, I mean it's really what her like third, fourth, fifth movie because it's oh. like you have Chocolat as the first yeah. then you Fear No Die which you know we've talked about the coolest two characters in a movie ever Correct. Uh, I Can't Sleep I think is the same year as U.S. Go Home
1: Ninety four, I think, is I can't sleep. So. Okay, yeah, then
0: it's then U.S. Go Home's the same year.
1: Let me see if that's true. We're fact checking today, folks.
0: We love to fact check. And then nineteen ninety, if we got to include her, uh, uh, Jacques Rivette, The Watchman.
1: Yep. Yep. Um. Okay. Is
0: John right?
1: I can't sleep. Ninety four, and then she did a couple. Um. Yeah, she was in that shorts collection two of them and then Annette and Bonnie go to trouble every day and then we're cooking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, this was for the uh the show. Uh if I can get I wrote the name here. Uh Tous les garçons et les filles de leur la, oh, la, oh. Something yeah. like that. Something like that. Uh it translates to all the boys and the girls <coughs> of their age. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this is a movie uh about I mean there's very little information of it on the internet. Um, but it's about these two girls uh in the 60s uh live on a military base, uh essentially. Uh they go to a they want to go to a party to get laid, uh, because they want to lose their virginity because they heard a friend of theirs lost their virginity and they uh they convince their older brother one of their older brothers played by the great Gregoire Colin. Um, to who does the most amazing dance number in a film ever, yes. Um, and 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 her, and and uh, yeah, and Nanette is her name, and that's uh, Alice Hori Hori. Sure, okay. Well, they're iconic characters in the history of uh, Claire Denise filmography, and uh, yeah, so you know, it's going to parties trying to get laid. I mean, damn. Can you spot the deep connection between these two
1: movies? (laughs) But I do think there's, as always with Claire, if you're a Claire fan, you know the thing that started her and continues to. She loves anything about colonialism and its many arms. And one of the coolest parts about U.S. Go Home, especially remembering the time period it is, is arguably the Americanization of pop culture in France and what that looked like with kids coming up at that time yeah Um, you know and so that's why you get the music uh very much you know is all directed to that but it's clear so it's only the best choices from American radio at the time absolutely um but then and and that's why you get a character like uh um Vincent Gallo's character in there directly being you know Depends on how you feel, but being uh, quite quite a skis with this with this uh this young girl, but you know some would say simply of the time, it's up to you. You decide.
0: You got to decide. And Claire is not bothered by if that makes you uncomfortable or not. Indeed. And I just will
1: say, if anyone's going to go off about that in this movie, but you didn't go off about it for Clueless, don't want to hear it.
0: Don't want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and th- that's the real connection though. With like this movie is kind of like the. What you're saying with the music, I think to me, that was the main thing. That when you know, I was like, we got to do this, it was thinking about the songs on the radio and that party radio playing vibe and uh taking place over the course of one night and ending in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's they they make sense, but um, you know, US go home because of the music is also why it's really never been seen because. It's uh, it's a lot of popular songs that French television did not clear for uh, home video. So, I mean, that's why it's, it took us forever to find it. And what do we have, Will? We have a rare HD cam
1: screen. We have a one-of-a-kind, uh, an HD cam that, uh, let's see, I'll say this all very carefully to protect all that helped us make this happen. Um, when High Life was coming out, a, there was a tour of sorts, Claire Janine Retrospective, um, and at one of the theaters that really led the way on that and set we it all up. You have out.
0: to say that A24 helped put that retrospective together. Did they? I think so, yeah.
1: I don't think so. I bet they paid for it.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that's what I'm saying. I hate that okay. we have to give them any credit for that's something. But,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. But so the theater that uh, went first and did a lot of the legwork and a, a wonderful human that works there on their programming team, they wanted to show everything. And so they were going down that rabbit hole and got to U.S. Go Home, worked really hard, thought things were good, found out they weren't. Someone else said, you're definitely not good. Don't do that. They said, but this person said we could do it. So then they ended up just doing it. um, And what they were able to get their hands on was an HD cam scan from uh, a screening. But that one didn't have subtitles. So they themselves did custom subtitles, made a new HD cam with those subtitles on there, and showed it. Uh, And when we were trying to find this, uh, we checked, again, just in case, there's still a 16 millimeter print anywhere. Uh, but everyone I talked to who knows a lot more than I do was like, Nope, it's just gone. No one knows probably in an archive somewhere, but yeah, no one can find it if there is one. So we hit up that theater and we're like, any chance you still have it? And they were like, Oh God, no way. And then five minutes later, we're like, Oh, it's still in the booth. <laughs> we'll send it your way. So this is a very rare screening uh, to get to see this in a theater. And if you have not seen it, just a friendly reminder: it's an hour long. And uh, yeah. if, if at this point, Claire Denis mostly represents for you incredible but really brutal and exhausting and taxing movies, which we love, of course, yeah. it's nice to be reminded that Claire can also have some fun.
0: Yeah, it's, I
1: mean, really fucking is, sweet. It's so sweet.
0: It's a sweet movie. I mean, it's um. This is one of those kind of less brooding ones that you find in her filmography. I mean, I guess you could also say like Friday night is something like that.
1: Kind of, but Friday feels, at least to me, I don't know if you agree, but Friday to me feel like there's a certain foreboding to Friday night. The, anytime I watch that movie, it, they always feel, there's a little bit of a shadow.
0: Well, that's true. I mean, riding in the car with that stranger, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's the it's the idea of like that foreboding giving way to ecstasy sort of thing, which you kind of get with the Vincent Gallo character and Alice in the car.
1: But she's but she's so good that we're we're just going with her the way a simple move of a hand is an art that French actresses seem to be better at than anyone else for some reason. Just reaching for cigarettes can say so much is all I'll say. Uh,
0: That's true. You do love that. This is well, definitely her lightest film. I'm thinking it's like maybe oh, let the sunshine in, but even that's
1: no, this, this is lighter, it's so even fun. Vincent Gallo never feels truly scary, at least in my opinion.
0: Oh, I don't, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. um, yeah, no, this is uh, this is her having a
1: lot of fun, and but it makes true. sense coming off. I can't sleep, like you said, because she really got out some
0: that's a dark movie,
1: I a dark angry
0: angry movie Oh, and then chocolate having to deal with i mean that's one of her most elegantly composed even though like that style almost kind of vanishes after that and she kind of takes on a different style with like uh, uh no fear no die but I, to me that's like her chocolate and no fear no die are like her first film like i, I kind of see them as one movie in the sense sure. that like, we get two different sides of her splitting out and then I can't sleep, but clearly that's where she's like, I just made the movie I wanted to make fully. And I was like, yeah, let's chill out. But then it's like she kind of was like, now I want to go back to this brooding, deeper sensibility. So she takes the exact same characters from U.S. Go Home, Greg Colleen and Alessari, and puts them in Annette and Bonnie, which is a little more of that broody Claire vibe. Yep. But it's not like that's a dark movie necessarily. Well,
1: that one just has the this movie just like Can't Hardly Wait. Both of them pull off something that's so hard to do in movies to actually make you feel like you when when the credits roll, you feel like you're having one of these night outs and nothing has gone bad yet. No one's missing. No one has blacked out in a way that's worrisome. Nobody fucked anyone they regret deeply yet, you know, like, and let alone actual dark stuff. That both of these movies put you at that high point of when you actually, the rare times when you left a party like this and nothing had gone bad, you're just feeling like fucking alive. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the whole world is just like, and both these movies pull that off. And that's pretty amazing.
0: Well, because Claire is the great humanist. I think no matter what story she's telling, she's telling. Uh, and she loves to play across many genres, uh, which is something that I don't know how much gets attributed to her as a filmmaker, because uh, it's not as explicit as when like Tarantino does it. But like she loves to play around with genre and it, always the the human need for uh, love or to express anger and hurt other people is always very like, you know, uh whole uh, it's rounded like she has an extremely like you can penetrate her movies uh characters humans emotions better than most or they penetrate you yeah yeah
1: yeah fuck you they're did
0: they do fuck you yeah
1: bastards definitely fucks me well that fucks
0: you in a way you don't want to be fucked correct literally it's like get yeah, in trouble
1: every day and I'll sign up every time they can fuck me all they want but
0: yeah Will likes having his lips bit off
1: I mean sometimes you make a sacrifice
0: and I love a corn cob shoved
1: right
0: <laughs> um yeah woof let's not get into let's not get into those boy I can talk about those but Bastard is just one way. of the darkest movies ever created
1: yeah but tonight tonight uh next week come watch not one of the darkest that you probably haven't seen and if you have seen it including us you definitely have never seen it in a theater
0: definitely i mean there's just so many moments in that movie too that i won't spoil but i want to just hint at are the amazing scene with gregoire in his room alone oh which is in the trailer but boy you could that scene's so ecstatic it's as good as dancing as anything Stanley Donan and Gene Kelly ever put together.
1: I, for a moment when I, when we were putting that trailer together for a moment, I was like, I'm just going to do this whole scene and put some fucking titles up. And I did do one cut like that and it's good, but I was like, that actually robs from the experience of getting to come to see this. If I use the whole scene.
0: So it's the highlight of this movie. Also one of my favorite scenes is where, uh, Alice is like kissing some guy at the party and he's clearly just a bad kisser and she just starts laughing. I love that scene. That's just, you you get that. It just, it's those moments that like most directors try to spend an entire movie trying to grapple with the human drama. But Claire knows that little moments are the most like telling of this tapestry of human emotions she's telling. So,
1: And the rare time that a Hollywood movie also understands that because that's again, why can't hardly wait feels so good is because even though sure there's, you know, an inciting incident technically to get it started, but really it's just a movie about little moments for kids Yeah, whose lives are about to change a lot. And it's so cool to see also the, the different ways cameras are used between these movies. Um, Cause Claire does a really weird thing in this, especially in the dance sequences where I don't know how tall claire denis is if it's just literally her height holding that camera but the camera is the height of one of these kids going through this room of some kids some adults dancing at these parties and Mm -hmm. it's wonderful and and i i haven't felt a camera placement that hard probably since thinking about uh meet me in st louis when they do the halloween segment that drops to like kid height for the camera Uh But Claire's dance sequences in this do that. And it's really interesting because you desperately just, you keep hoping, like you keep looking for a meaty close up, but instead you're stuck navigating just like, you know, just like they are. Exactly. It's just a really nice, simple, like filmmaking tool that people forget to use.
0: <laughs> right. And it tells you that that's true. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, a simple filmmaking tool that people forget to use. Yeah, that's that's abundant these days yeah no i mean the humanity on display of young people enjoying themselves just pigging, backing off the um meet me in st louis uh, illusion which is one of the maybe even my top 10 films of all oh. time, take it to the grave astonishing. Uh, the uh skip to my Lou sequence is another sequence of fantastic camera work just showing Even it's a little more choreographed but i think for that movie it's closer than like the trolley song to show kind of like a looser view of like young people at this time having a party. And yeah, that's, that scene kind of tears me up for some reason. There's something about like the passage of time Mm -hmm. and the joy inherited in those little fleeting, you know, passing pockets of time. It's beautiful. It it fills the, the heart of my little cynic soul
1: and, uh, well, that movie, shit, we gotta, we gotta show "Meet Me in St. Louis."
0: Yeah, we really do.
1: I mean, I didn't think we, I don't know how we got there, but I'm glad we did. Well, there's your recommendation. If you love "Meet Me in St. Louis," and what I mean is, if you've seen that movie, you love it, because if not, we actually don't want your five dollars for Patreon. <laughs> if you don't, that's the one hard line we we'll draw. If you don't love "Meet Me in St. Louis," we don't want you here. Yeah, that's that's money
0: that's been touched by someone with poopy hands and we don't want <laughs> your, your poopy money
1: and not just like like a poop residue that's on everything that humans touch no this has like full-on fresh smears so yeah like, keep yourself. yeah
0: so we don't want that and uh but what we do want is you to come next week so it's a less than one day six days away from when this episode drops july 11th seven o'clock It's going to be a party. There will be, I think, a DJ. There will be some party stuff. There will be some party stuff. I'm not
1: sure what it's going to look like.
0: Because someone forgot to set that up. So this is going to be a very... This is going to be a heavy week getting through getting that all set up. But it's going to be fun. You're going to love it. And we'll hint about other things coming up soon which there's a lot, we got a lot in the works. So, oh, also Patreon people and non-Patreon people. We'll have another episode coming out on Sunday. It's gonna be another news dump. Uh, This one's a little more, there's there's some real meat to chew on in this one. But if you wanna know what it's about, because as we were telling the story, the story grew exponentially. Uh, Within that 24 hours. Uh, So we talk about something that we talk about a lot on this show, uh, the hiring and firing of diversity specialists at major studios. We talked about a major one. And then right when we did that story, about three to five other major studios let go of their diversity chiefs. So, again, score one, got my little. Q,
1: and i'm putting racking one over for us in- <laughs> and also since you guys won't hear that episode necessarily because it's your sure. patreon subscriber just to be clear you all should know this hopefully obviously we love always more people getting to tell their fucking stories and have their movies shown whether they're new or they're fucking old but guess what the way to do it is not a a Flashy public social media hire of a random ass person to figure out how to sell people uh, to care about diversity. That yes. shit sucks and we hate yes. it. And we will always celebrate when it's starting to end because it didn't work. Because guess what? Folks it's, aren't as stupid.
0: it's posturing bad faith bullshit that we told you would die the second it stopped making money. Yep. So you can't get, don't get excited about Halle Berry as the little mermaid, you know?
1: You're doing it again.
0: <laughs> oh, Haley Berry as Little Mermaid. You know, you can't, like, there's a... Well, maybe
1: we didn't see it. Maybe it's good.
0: <laughs> I guess you can do it every want technically. But uh, the but point is, is it's not like, you know, Mother Nature and God have come down and said, finally, real representation for mermen and women. I don't know, whatever I guess Maybe. it's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna That's cut it off. We're gonna cut it off here and uh Love all. we'll see you. There. Picture, yeah, come to our movie and subscribe to the Patreon for hot sexy takes. Yep. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Mucho gusto. Me llamo Bradley, yeah. I'm hornier than Ron Jeremy, and if you wanna get popped in your knee, just wipe that look off your body face, you hate me cause I got what you need, a pretty little daughter that we call mix. and if you wanna get beat physically, it will be over in a minute if you... So she told me to come over, and I took that trip. And then
1: she pulled out my mushroom tip, and when it came out, it went drip, drip, drip.
0: I didn't know she had the G.I. Joe kung fu cake. And I went uh, and the girl caressed me down, uh, and that's that loving sound. And I went uh, and the girl caressed me down, uh, and that's that loving sound.